I'll knock you out. I'll slap the shit out of you. <laughs> I'll really slap the shit out of you on the pod. Go ahead. Come on. Come on. I'll, I'm I'll, done, slap, I'll slap you so hard. Serious. I'll slap you so hard when you switch glasses. I'll be, I'll be in midair. <laughs> That's one of my inches. Whipping your ass. <laughs> Welcome back to the Born Broke Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok for the latest podcast clips and podcast updates and listen to our latest episode on Spotify. Today, we're talking about our personal interests, hobbies, and movies that had a lasting effect on us, plus much more. So keep watching and let's get back to the show. So, was no one going to tell me that, (laughs) was no one going to tell me that one of the New Year's Eve celebrations uh, was to fire off guns up in the air as many as possible? I I think it has something to do with like a, (laughs) if you're... Like of experience? If you come from like, if you come from a a smaller area, like town or whatever, Mm -hmm. I'm sure there's somebody there that's going to... You know, somebody's gonna let one nope. off, probably. Nope. Uh, <laughs> Listen, nope, not once. Most likely, but in in in, in the ghetto, <laughs> when you go outside on New Year, you might see a group of people. <laughs> just, <laughs> just, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just you uh, see them doing it. You just walk outside, and they're just, yeah, they're just out there doing the thing. Right? Oh my goodness, man! Listen, you don't leave the porch, but you know, you... <laughs> <laughs> I'm from. A very small area where it's just farmers and it's cornfields. And the most someone would do is go outside and hit a pot and pan together. Yeah, yeah, we got pots and pans. <laughs> but I move to my house now, uh, which is a totally different vibe of a place than where I grew up. And I just moved here in, in August. So, uh, there's absolutely no way I would have known that that this was a New Year's thing. So we we wake up around <laughs> around twelve ten last night because I'm just hearing what sounds like a complete shootout. <laughs> and then you know what's the craziest thing that I heard? And this is when I actually got messed up over it. So I'm sitting there and I'm up with my eyes wide open. And I'm freaking out, right? And then uh, this is how you know I'm from just the most suburban place ever but so i woke up and then all that stuff was going on and then what really messed me up was i heard someone reload (laughs) (laughs) you know i heard him reload then put back in the clip and and, and then he and then he kept lighting them up and then i didn't hear anybody making noise i didn't hear any cops so i'm like why is this is this the purge (laughs) gotta keep that uh what is it called? Huh? When you uh, when you're in a, a neighborhood and like the uh, the prices are going up, so you, yeah, so you fire up. <laughs> oh my god, dude! I forget what it's called. But it's super funny, but obviously that's not what's happening. I just I literally thought it was like the purge. I'm like, what? Why is it complete anarchy outside? Why is no one doing anything? <laughs> Why is no one doing? <laughs> Why is no one doing? <laughs> and then uh, it got so bad that we started hitting the deck. I hit the deck a little bit. I said, "Stay low, stay low." <laughs> <laughs> you had a head. 
<laughs> no, I told her. And then I told her, I told her, if you're gonna call somebody, don't go by the window because then they're re- they're gonna know that we're snitches. <laughs> And then I, funny. Man, I called my mom and everything, man. It was just a wild night. That's man. the funniest thing ever. But then in the morning, so we're shooting a, a morning podcast for the yes, first time super ever. Early. Super early. Uh, for, for us to be done. Man. And it's on the first. So we're starting the year off right. Yeah. Dante Dante walks in. I tell him about it. He's like, oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> that's like, you know, what happens? I'm like, no, it's not. That's crazy. <laughs> That's crazy, man. <laughs> I was freaking out. Tell, let, let's talk about this uh, this Cowboys coach oh, situation. Man. So uh, it's honestly, it's the only issue I had with it is how underwhelming it's like they made it feel by not pushing it out. You're saying like it, like, it just so seemed like it took eh, whatever. They took Kyrie's tweet and from a from a tweet with no with no caption. Dismantle him. Yeah, obliterate him. You know, him. like oh, was terrible. Then they, then this coach in this in this picture <laughs> with all yeah. So explain what explain what you saw. Okay, so because uh, he reminded me of this, I saw it like a while ago, but I just didn't even remember actually, what happened. Up his name. I don't want to get it wrong, but the uh, is what was he the Cowboys uh, head manager or so it wasn't the coach or was it like. I'm about to get it right now. Yeah, get that. <laughs> get that. Yeah, so they, they dismantled Kyrie for an Instagram post with no caption, which, you know, potato, potato, however you want to look so, at it. Uh, but then this is a whole different story. So Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones. Yeah, and he is. Let me see what he does specifically. <laughs> specifically. So he is the owner, president, and general manager of the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, so he just he runs all the operations yeah, and he owns them. The funding and you know, yeah. obviously all that. Uh he was shown in a picture um in in what is it? I don't want to say this wrong because uh, is it? You said Little Rock, right? Uh Ar- Arkansas. I hope so, because if, if I say this, uh, you look at this, I'm going to yeah. highlight it. Give me some of that. Give me that. Did they spell it wrong out here? It's <laughs> not how I remember. Hey, listen, you know how some, some people in a blue moon will say Arkansas? <laughs> Literally. The way they like spelled this or whatever font they're using, it looks like you're supposed to say Arkansas. It doesn't look like Arkansas. Killing me, man. It took me out. Yeah, it's like, Arkansas, man. But so he um so LeBron is, is how I found out about it. I he did um I believe it was a post game interview. And um we seven <clears throat> We got to talk about what we saw. Oh, the... Like, <laughs> yeah. The picture? Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> he said LeBron so, is hot. Anyway. So, yeah. So, um, so after LeBron saying what he said about it, about, you know, not being uh, kind of questioned about it much, or at all, actually, like he was about the Kyrie thing, literally, like, after a game, 
they'd be getting interviewed, you know that, and it, but they were literally just asking about Kyrie and stuff like that over and over again. And he was trying not to talk about it, and then this thing kind of comes up, and, and it's like, anyway, that game you just had was, it, yeah. you know. So, but the picture itself showed uh, Jerry, Jerry Jones, Jones um, in a crowd of um, other people who are of a lighter shade of skin. <laughs> Watching yes, uh, some yeah. su- some supremacists. <laughs> I went, I went, they were they were kids, but um, you when you look at the picture, you can see the people in the front aren't exactly being saying kind words. You know, yeah. just from the you can tell just from the picture. Yeah, and it's I believe it was five five or six students, uh, the first African American students going to that high school. Oh, so and they were, and he's in the crowd of people that are not welcoming them. <sighs> welcoming them with it's hard to say yeah. it's hard to say even if he says it there was nobody was welcoming them let's no. let's get that across yeah, now one person. no 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 nobody was there and was saying it's a good thing <laughs> yeah no hey, it's nice just speech. not it was it was <laughs> come on what do they call those people like i don't even know if this is ever actually a real thing but you know those students that when like some like a foreign exchange student or somebody comes to school and then they send that one student who's probably like a valedictorian or something or like has straight A's and they send them to like show them around and be friends with them. That I have no idea. I, I mean, I assume it's just like a well overseas, like in like Japan or whatever, like TV wise, they just show us like um, a class president would be the one doing that because he would be in your class. Here, I don't think we have like the same kind of concept. Well, what I was going to say was what if like those the five African-American kids are coming in and they send one of those kids. <laughs> but they're just totally the opposite. But yeah. <laughs> Anywho. Uh, so. But the, uh, so the coach did make a statement. Uh, I can't. It'll take me a second to pull up exactly. My, my thing saying. with Jerry Jones is though, or with the whole situation is who who found that? You know, how, I have like, no idea. It, it was just a picture, and he was a, they circled his face. Yeah, you gotta, and it doesn't even. Obviously, he's an older man now. So this is back in what the fifties or something. So you have to, you have yeah, to, nineteen uh nineteen fifty seven. Yeah, so he one was, he was fourteen years old. Yeah, you'd have to recognize it was him, like from the picture, because it's so he's so much older now. It doesn't even really look like him. And then who had time to dig that picture up? I, honestly, I, I don't even, I got nothing. Because it, it's been so long. Yeah. Like, like, who would, does somebody just randomly remember him? Or, like, I don't, I got nothing. Somebody like got who? someone on him? <laughs> it's crazy. What's your opinion on this? So, like, how, obviously, what I think is uh, the fact that they're just grilling Kyrie, but then they ignored something like this. Something so blatant. Yeah, so like obvious is a little bit crazy to me because I just if I think if he was closer, we'd be getting a different response because he's in the crowd, but he's further back. If he was closer to them, yeah, we could see what the true colors of like was he really just there as an onlooker or was he a part of the aggressing? Well, there's no way to truly tell that. So I mean, it's hard to be like. Of course he was there. He said he was there for take the man for his word. Yeah. It's so you can't just do that with this. 
It's so hard because you remember how high school is. If you knew something was going on, you're there. Yeah, it's you're not just gonna sit there silent. No, like one, like let's say there was a fight, like you're there. You're there, and and if they're yelling, you're they're, you know, cheering. Yeah, it's just yeah, it's a super complicated situation. But if the man said he's changed, he's changed. He's eighty years old. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, what if he has? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you know, whatever case may be. But the other thing is, like, when do we? What's the time limit for us to forgive things that people have done? Because I'm sure there's things that everybody's done that you don't want to carry with you from when you're 80 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, That's true. You know, like when when do we say, okay, enough is enough. This person did whatever the action was 25, 30, 40 mm-hmm. years ago. Like when do we well, just forget about it? I'm just saying the Cowboys are the best team. So honestly, <laughs> they might need a little change. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm kidding. But I don't think he should lose his job for it. No. 100%. That's, just, that's not something that I believe should happen. Um, he was 14 years old. There is no evidence of anything. He's yeah. just in the picture. Um, I won't. I can't accept him saying he wasn't a part of it. Yeah. But I do understand. I'm sure you got a couple words in there. <laughs> Most likely. But he's like I said, it's been so long. Yeah. And the man changes in, you know, in that time, so. Yeah, because I don't think, I mean, you can't just hold things against people Yeah, and automatically yeah. assume they haven't changed. All right, let's talk about Chris Brown. <laughs> yeah, well, I was thinking of Chris Brown. <laughs> yeah, we don't, man, Chris Brown did one of the the worst of the worst it was, things. Yeah, it was getting fucked. And we still don't even, you know, I hear Chris Brown's song now. Right. You know, we love Chris Brown. Yeah, we love, we love Chris Brown. <laughs> but, but I think the thing about Chris Brown is... Obviously, there's hella evidence, but yeah. also, but also look, enough. It was enough evidence yeah. for, for years. But it was like, I think what affected him more than just like the fans was the accessibility that he lost to like the bigger stages. Mm-hmm. Like he can't, he's not getting the offer to perform as often as he used to. Where if he didn't do these negative things, he was he was a teenager, was he? I don't remember. Yeah, he was like, I mean, when he came, I don't think he was in his twenties yet. Well, yeah, no, when he first got popping, he was like definitely under twenty. Yeah, crazy, but yeah, we still haven't let it go. No madness. It's t- it still comes up every now and then. <laughs> pushing, is he pushing high, late thirties now, or something like that? No, nah, he's like in his early thirties, maybe early to mid thirties. Yeah, yeah. We still, this is almost twenty years ago. We're not done with it. <laughs> yeah. Every time we see Rihanna, we we have yeah. we, we have PTSD. Yeah, you remember? Look, he hit us. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the craziest thing about him, though, is how he came back from that. Is like he honestly just shut the fuck up. <laughs> he didn't say anything ever. Yeah, he really didn't say anything, did he? He never said anything. Now he's saying stuff about it. Well, he he, on the doc, he has a whole documentary on uh, Netflix about it. Yeah, I watched it about how they were like hitting each other. And all that shit. Like, it was just, first of all, a terrible relationship. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. And they were both around that age, too, right? 16, I believe 17, so. whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You imagine a relationship like that, around that age, being public to the entire world? Well, it's, uh, it's stardom. You know, it's what mm-hmm. they, they have to deal with it. They don't have a choice. It's not, it's not like you can call paparazzi and just be like, hey, man. Can we not take pictures today? Yeah. And not question me. Just give me some time to gather myself and mm-hmm. enjoy my, you know, my day in my life. No. It's not happening. The thing about, so what do you think the difference, and that was going to sound crazy. I'll just generalize it. 
What do you think the difference is between Chris Brown, like someone that we have forgotten what they did, really? Not forgotten. We're, we're pretty much there. We, we've we forgave, but we haven't forgot. Versus someone like, you know, that actually has been charged of a crime. Oh, like substantial. Yeah, like some substantial. Some terrible thing. shit. Because, I mean, like Chris Brown, what he did, you know, that's, that's pretty Yeah, that's I, pretty terrible. It'd be like uh, if you... What's a, a great example? It has to be something like um, what's a great example? Somebody that was terrible. Like oh. there's 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 such a disc. Who's, somebody needs somebody famous that's like done some heinous crime. But I got nobody. On R. Kelly. That's not the same thing. <laughs> it's beyond that's heinous. Yo, first of all, that's a terrible comparison. Yeah. He hit somebody. He was um. <laughs> let's not even. I don't even want to go there. Cosby. Man. No. Nah. I got. <laughs> I got another. Yeah, but the, but these are people who like they're like currently being chastised. Yeah, you know, they're currently like, um, we're we're tearing them down continuously at this moment in time. There is no forgiveness for that's that. a young thug. No, because like why would we? That's care? actually good. Well, so let's take yeah. it. We'll, we'll take it. Okay, yeah. so the difference between those two is he's telling us to our face. I think that's what it is. It's mm-hmm. like I'm selling drugs. I'm killing people. <laughs> In the music, and he, and, and, yeah, and not, but not only in the music, he's the, he's saying in interviews, this is what I'm I'm talking while I'm living. He's portraying it in every social, like every type of movie, TV series. If he's been to anything, he's portrayed that this is who I am. This is my lifestyle. So I think it's like because out the gate, he's given us who he is. It's not so much like. Oh, I see. Outside, you're people. discovering that about Chris Brown, but but Young it's, Thug, we're like, yeah, we knew. It's like he's like you know, what I'm saying it's different when someone's genuine, genuine upfront. Yeah. So because it's like, because <laughs> it gives like this trust. Like for some reason, you trust somebody that does that yeah. more so than like find out later in life. Like I didn't know he did all those things. Yeah. So I feel like for some reason, honesty makes it more acceptable. Mm. I just think we socially, like to you, more acceptable, or socially, you think to everybody it's like, more acceptable, like to everybody. Yeah, if you come up because then you get the what we're all human, people make mistakes, mm. you know what I'm saying? Like, but then if Chris Brown came out like right when he got on the scene, he's like, Man, I beat the shit out of Rihanna. It's the first thing he said. I don't think, <laughs> I don't think it ever would go over well. I think it so. A better example when I was. 16, Chris Brown came out like this. When I was 16, I used to hit my partner. Mm-hmm. And I'm still struggling with like getting past that. Bro, yeah. We know he used to do it. He's working on it. You know, now it's like more acceptable. You're saying if he worded it that way? Yeah, yeah. If, he, if he, if he, if he, you got to present it in a certain way. <laughs> yeah. Because you can't just be out here punching bitches in the face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like it's I, I used to RKO her like, every yeah. single weekend. That's <laughs> <laughs> oh, crazy. This is crazy how we, like, as people in this society, we just pick apart every single thing and, like, we almost have a filtration system on what we think is super unacceptable versus what we let slide. Yeah. Like, for example, um, you know, like, that whole thing that came out about Cardi B, Mm -hmm. like, drugging dudes and, like, you remember, like, robbing them? She would tell them to come. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's no like. How do you? I never well, forgot okay. that. I'm like, well, that so, is so crazy I, I, to me. So people's justification for that is like, she was a stripper. Like, 
I don't care, bro. She, That's what they say. It's like a natural. She used to drug these men but the and thing, rob them. But the thing about it is no one has come forward. You know what I'm saying? Like, no mm, one's. So they don't have proof. But she said it. She said it. <laughs> How do you even. Why would she even say that either? You couldn't get that out of me. God couldn't get that out of me. <laughs> Your career was going so. I mean, I, it's still going. I used to drug and rob women. Imagine how that sounds. Yeah, I'm saying that, that's exactly saying. what I'm saying. If a man said that, locked up. But you're a stripper. Yeah. So I'm out here slaying my meat. <laughs> you don't was, spit it in their face. Every night I was sh- slinging meat, <laughs> exactly. drugging and robbing. Can you imagine? <laughs> they might almost kill us if they found that. They would, yeah, would be a man. If somebody would be outside waiting. Yeah. You do that to women? Let me let me come to, come do it to a man. <laughs> exactly. That's that's the thing. I'm like, we just have this crazy filtration system. Like yeah. like uh, just w- what we see and what everybody thinks is acceptable. Like mm-hmm. like you said, the Jerry Jones thing. Everybody sweep that under the rug. Then the Kyrie thing. Everybody's up in an uproar. You no know, one. The one that kills me the most is Brett Favre. What happened with him? Uh, I believe it was Brett Favre. He had that huge ass scandal. So he took like five million or something like that from like there was supposed to be donations. Oh, he did, and 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 so I forget exactly what they did, but they laundered the money through the, through the the school his daughter went to. Yeah, it was. But crazy. everybody, America loved Brett Favre. I'm pretty sure <laughs> That's it was the thing. It was a uh, pretty sure it was Brett Favre. Uh, There's just all these different things that it's a society we just sweep under the rug, or we just choose to get in an uproar about. So like we ignore Cardi B. Yeah. So he 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 used Mississippi's state welfare funds. Oh my God. Welfare funds. I mean, people needed this money. It was well, it's him and obviously like some type of a governor or a mayor or yeah, he needed somebody. Yeah. Yeah. And they used that money to build a volley. I think a new volleyball court at the college his daughter went to. You're kidding me. And obviously he took some off of that off the top of that too. Though. Yeah. Yeah. How come he didn't just pay for it? And we, we tell it, but yeah, but um, but that's I never heard about that. So that's why, yeah. Only person I saw talk about it was Shannon Sharp and, and Skip Bayless. Mm-hmm. That's those are the only people I saw like on like a platform really go in on it. You know, it's another thing that was that's kind of been swept under the rug. What's up? Um, what's his name? Jeffrey Epstein. No, listen, listen, listen. They put out the list of who was going there. Mm-hmm. And it was like a lot of the actors that we love swept under the rug. We didn't even... I didn't even really pay attention to it yeah. for too long. I think it's just wild. Like, they put... And I hope this isn't true, man, but they put my boy Tom Hanks on there. That would, that would just hurt me if I found out. I mean, well, it is kind of true that he was there. He was there, but like, how did they? How do you know that man? What, what, what like, what did he do? What are you asking me? Yeah, what did Jeffrey Epstein do for a living? I don't even know what he did for a living. I don't think anybody knows. No, I've never heard. <laughs> I didn't even know who he was before this thing came out. I, didn't know. I think he was a music producer, not a music producer, like a producer of these films and stuff. And the phone is active today. <laughs> Lucky, obviously. The phone is so active. He was a... He was a teacher despite having a degree. He was not a teacher, bro. 
different school district. He began his professional life by teaching at the Dalton School in Manhattan, despite lacking a college degree. What did he do, though? He was no teacher doing that shit. That's what he said. He was a teacher. I'm also using Wikipedia, so. Yeah, no, get off Wikipedia. Well, we got nothing else. (laughs) He was, it just says the financer charged with sex trafficking. I love Wikipedia. Look up the list. Look up the Jeffrey Epstein Island list. Because I'm pretty sure there was a lot of, there was a lot of people that did it come up? No. The uh, it's, it's some names on here. Uh, yeah, let me see. They got Donald Trump, Bill Clinton, Kevin Spacey, and more. Uh. See, I don't even. You know, it's crazy. I don't even. Uh, regardless of how people feel about Trump, is I don't even know Prince if- Andrew. I don't even know if if I could see Trump being in like the Illuminati kind of thing. Uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., the U.S. Senator. Yeah, nice little. Mm. Had some high profile guests. I'll just say yeah, that. Yeah, they, they said Tom Hanks on another one. I remember. Oh man, Tom. But uh, of course. <laughs> it's funny how uh once if you uh in like the African American community we tend to connect the role to the actor, not the actor to the role. Which is funny. You connect the what? So we don't call we we tend not to call the actors by their name. We call them <laughs> by their role. So like if you saw uh, So like a great example. The uh the the I forget I forget the guy's name off the top of my head. But on you know on training day with Denzel Washington. Yeah. We don't call his the other guy that plays the police officer role by his name, we'd be like, oh, that's that's Jay from uh, a... <laughs> <laughs> it's Ethan Hawke. That's the actor's yeah, name, but, Ethan Hawke. You know, but yeah. you don't get that here? Yeah. Like like Marvel movies. We don't call... Tobey Maguire. You don't yeah. call him... Spider-Man. Yeah, it's Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's you know funny. Yeah. You don't know Captain America? Yeah. What's his name? No, that's Captain America. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's his name, though? <laughs> Someone's holding a gun to your head. <laughs> What is Captain America's name? <laughs> no. but, you know, my, my point being, yeah. you know, that's just kind of how <laughs> the African American community is. Yeah. That's how we go about remembering people. Like if you played a, if you played a bad role in a time period movie, we'd never forgive you. <laughs> Until this day, we never forgave whoever. You saying like it's like somebody that just was a stinker in the just movie? Like, yeah, if you're a bad husband in a time period movie, you did something to, to some mm. kids or something. We never let that go. Mm. It's like you did it in real life. Yeah. <laughs> Play that role a little too good. Yeah. There's been some movies like that where, where people are just so good at the role yeah. of being like it's, a dick. Or it's terrifying. Just, yeah, where it's you like, just you could have probably really did this. That's like um like the, oh like the guy who played uh Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah, people hate him for for playing that role. Little did they. He did so good. They were like, you you didn't talk to the families to confirm it's okay. To shoot the, Man, he's trying to get a bag. But my point being, though, is like, I guess in the eyes of the people, you know, for other people, they're like, they had no right to shoot it because of you know they didn't have any direct connection to like the loved ones. Did they not go and ask the loved ones like if? Uh, see they just that. shot that shit. 
That's a little. They say we got Jeffrey. That's all we need. You know, well, it, you can't tell the story without. You know, it's, it's gruesome. Like it's you, not, yeah. There's no easy way to go about that. No. One. I mean, they knew the answer would be no if they talked to him anyway. Yeah. Why would you want to televise that? And I think they did it. There was never like uh, a show created like that about him. No. It never. was very. You know, it was one of my favorite ones, which. Uh, how crazy that this person played this role mm-hmm. was the Ted Bundy movie with Zac Efron. I never watch it. You I never heard, watched that one? But I heard he incredible. Did, I heard he did phenomenal. Incredible. And it was but, just crazy that Zac Efron like bring up Zac Efron. Did you hear about what happened to his face though? Yeah. Jesus. See, I like it. I like Zac Efron, man, because he just seems like super humble and shit. And I'm like, man, everybody's, you know. He's been this this image of like he's he's always been that Disney guy. Yeah, but I'm saying he's like, he's been like the you know the the attractive image to people you know for like so long, and then man he fucks up his face, and then now like everybody's just talking to him yeah. crazy, and it's the same thing kind of when when uh, female mm-hmm. actresses or. You know, celebrities have something happen to them and they get plastic surgery. Yeah. It's just like pe- people can't uh, keep up with the fact that someone can't be good looking and attractive for yeah. 90 years of their life. It's sad. It's like when the Chadwick Boseman thing, when he was like, he went on live. Oh, when he was skinny. This is exactly my point. Yeah. He yeah. went on live and they were like, man, you good? Like, what? You know, they, they yeah. started joking and all that stuff. Yeah. This is, this is my exact point. So he, he was this, you know, muscular dude, and then he gets skinny or thin. Oh, he was a decent sized individual. Right. He was he was lean. Yeah, and then <laughs> and then he gets, you know, super thin, and he's yeah. not looking very well. People are just on him like that. Yeah. See, you can't keep like they expect these people to just be head over heels above they're supposed us. To, they're supposed to always maintain the image. Yeah, it's like it's their job. And it could be a complete fat ass sitting behind a screen saying that to them. Like, uh, what's the, what's the guy's name from um, uh, Twenty One Jump Street, Jonah Hill? Yeah, uh, he's one of the worst examples of how yeah. people treated him. Yeah, they would they would literally call him. The, they were making fun of him for being like the fat role. Yeah, he would go on interviews. I remember seeing this one. This dude's like, uh, he's like, how do you feel being the fat guy in Hollywood? <laughs> Tough. Like, what, oh, but that what that was it called? Uh, War Dogs or whatever? When they were doing a gun trading? Fire yeah. movie. That was fire. Yeah, War Dogs is one of his best roles. That was that was phenomenal. I think his best performance though, Jonah Hill, honestly, is uh, Wolf of Wall Street. That's one of his best. Maybe not say mm-hmm. his best. That's Jonah Hill's. Yeah, because just the way he really dived into that character, like with the what do they call the teeth when you get them? veneers? Mm-hmm. So give him the veneers and then the little like, you know, snotty looking glasses that he had to wear and like comb over hair and everything. Mm-hmm. But he really like tapped into that role a lot. Ward, I don't know. I think well, for me, I, th- I don't think it's hard to play a businessman. Yeah. It's more. So yeah, but like, those weren't really businessmen, bro. I know what you mean. They had so much deeper. But yeah, it was a lot going on. But what, what I mean is like. It's just to play a business role. It's like, you know, you're going to get this professional, you know, part. 
and then you're gonna get this kind of personal the party side kind of kind of ghetto you know what i'm saying yeah just not so much that side there's only that's pretty much that's how most of them go anyway that's it (laughs) yeah so you know i have a an awkward view on it when it comes to like performance with when it comes to movies that are about like stock markets and starting really? up a business because i just know i just know you can't if okay if you want to tell a good story you can't spend too much time on the business side you got to be more personal with the, the the person like the role that's being played outside of the business aspect of that person's life like how they so you can kind of get the attention of the people to be like we want him to be successful yeah, we want him to make it. You know, yes, it's, it's pretty much exactly how they did, how they did pursuit of happiness. Yeah, like he's describing pursuit of happiness with Will Smith to my face. That that movie, to say what it means to me, like I can't. It's it's like uh because of that movie alone, Will Smith would never be canceled in my head. It's just impossible. It's just impossible. He can smack whoever he wants. <laughs> I just love the movies that teach you about things. You know, yeah, like the actual life lessons. Yeah, like that movie. Listen, his life was going about as bad as it can. Man, marriage failing, losing your place, double failing. You don't got where to take the kid. How you gonna eat? Then they had to pay for daycare. Man, he has obviously. I'm not just saying this to be, you know, he obviously had no skills mm-hmm. to make a lot of money. He wasn't very cleaned up. Yeah. You know, he just really. What's crazy was just the beginning. In the beginning, he was already telling his wife, you can't take my son. Yeah. I mean, he had already accepted his wife wanted to leave him. Yeah. He'd already. He wasn't even fighting for her anymore. He, he, he like he, he had, they had been going through it for so long. Yeah. You could tell like the he, way. Yeah. The way they did that movie was like. It was phenomenal. This, it was crazy. Yeah, <laughs> like the way they did pursuit of happiness was, it wasn't like his wife. Yeah, it, it started off was just mad right, right then and there, like that he wasn't selling stuff. It started off like towards the end. I wouldn't say it started off towards like she was obviously in the beginning. She was showing signs of life, <laughs> like like oh, she was showing signs of displeasement. Yeah, like she was showing that she was unhappy with mm-hmm. her partner, like. You know, he buys the fucking little x-ray shits. Mm. They aren't selling. Actually, yeah, you're right. Because she wasn't very bubbly with him yeah. from the start. Then, like, when shit wasn't going as the, as planned, she was like, you know, she started to doubt. And I think her doubting, her doubts kind of, like, just grew over time with his history of not being successful with it. And uh, She didn't believe in him. Yeah, so eventually she just lost faith and chose survival over the marriage. In her eyes, she was doing the right thing. You can't, you can't really blame her. But she was also mad because it was like, it, I don't know about just, you, man. I need a rider. Just <laughs> if I get down bad like that, you, I need someone to stay with me. You gotta see it this way. Sometimes, but you gotta pay attention to who you're with, though. If you didn't see these signs that this person, oh yeah, was only with you, you know what I'm saying? Because like you somehow provided them with some type of. Plan for security, yeah. yeah. And some, you, you, and every time it's not, it doesn't go as planned. And so eventually, she was just like, "You're not gonna make it." Yeah. And then she left him because, and now he's a he's a deadbeat. Hmm. That's just how it goes. And um, I just think the way she went about it was a little. You can't, you can't blame but, her. But you, I get the situation she, though. She yeah. was emotional. 
Yeah. It's not like she wanted to leave. She was in a fight or flight moment. In her head, she had to leave. Yeah. She had to abandon this whole thing. And, I'm, you know, I'm, of course, I'm assuming they never got back together after that one. No. Because I, I don't see, I don't even see him taking her back. Mm-mm. It's just some, some things you just, like when you abandon someone at their lowest, you, it, 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 it takes a lot to get someone, someone back on the like still in that bottom. If you come back while I'm still my lowest, I might, I more than likely will take you back. But then there's almost like the sense of, okay, you left them at their lowest. Mm-hmm. They progress so no yeah. in in the movie and we'll get into this mm-hmm. after I say this but in the movie he progresses to a level that like he was absolutely at the bottom mm-hmm. and then the way he progresses throughout the movie was pretty much like as high as you can get you know as far from as success yeah. yeah from where he was so it's a huge gap between the person he was and the person that he was becoming at the end of the movie. Mm -hmm. So I don't even think he would have been capable to take her back because just that there's nothing they could really relate on anymore. Yeah. And I think that this goes to show people that no matter what the, what the dream is, like I talked about in the last pod, like having delusional confidence, like when me saying I wanted to run a marathon, Mm -hmm. he had the most delusional confidence of anybody. He just, yeah, he just knew he could do it. He's yeah, borderline homeless, homeless yeah, most he, of the time, and he well, said, "I'm going to be a stockbroker." And he, of course, his doubts hit, but it's crazy because man, if you think about it, he he asked that man like, "What do you do? How do you, you know what I'm saying?" Exactly, that? and got, took that information right there, figured out how to. Uh, this, and it uh, wasn't even his dream. He he does yeah no he, he was he needed he, to he survive. Just, he he knew he had to make it. Yeah, he it's had crazy. to make it. That's uh that's like some of the things I was talking about last episode, like like curiosity. I know it doesn't sound like such a hugely important word, but I said curiosity is something that has progressed me a lot in life. Like in the movie, uh he shows the curiosity to figure out what this guy is doing with his life, what this stockbroker is doing, because he looked happy and he looked like he had life figured out. So then he asked, you know, what are you doing? And then it takes a special person to be curious about, you know, wanting to improve your life and trying to find opportunities. But it takes an even more special person to take that, that opportunity and actually make it into an action and do yeah. something with it. But he was also super lucky. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. When he oh, yeah. That cap ride with the Rubik's Cube. Yeah. And got got him super intrigued. And then, man, then he had to run from the cab driver. That was hilarious. There, yeah, there was a lot of luck involved in it. It was a crazy amount of luck. Like but, insane, but based on the true story, you know, like, I don't, you know, obviously some of it isn't exactly, but it, it can happen. Like, I just think, and this has happened for me too. Uh, when you when you like really want something, it just seems like something out there helps you out. And, and that's like the quote I put at the beginning of last episode. Is it's uh, from my favorite book, The Alchemist. It's uh when you when you want something, all the universe conspires in helping you to achieve it. And I truly feel this because when you when you are like just headstrong towards a goal and you're doing everything right and you know you're being a good person and your frequency and positivity and energy is up, like things tend to help you out. Like uh there's been so many times where I've just had lucky things happen to me. Mm-hmm. 
And it's because my frequency was super high. And I was like telling the universe every single morning, like when I'm meditating, that I truly want this thing to happen for me. So like, please help me figure it out. It's like uh, when I passed my real estate test, I failed the first two times. Mm-hmm. I only had one time left. <laughs> I had to pass it that time. And I, I went in there, man, and I was like, there was no option to, to not pass. Like I walked in there knowing that I was not leaving there, you know, with with a a failing grade, and it was like I had been, you know, <laughs> got all of that. Huh? I got all of that. Uh, in the ears. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good. <laughs> no, but basically, what I'm trying to say is, when you truly want something and you're keeping your energy mm-hmm. and your frequency high to the universe, and you're really, you know, trying as hard as you can, uh. Things just kind of happen for you. It, it just you start to figure things out, and like sometimes you you do get lucky. Like in the movie, he's mm-hmm. he got extremely lucky, but he it's was crazy. working low, the lowest um, you can get as a man. But he was working. You can't tell me he was not doing more than any of those guys. Yeah. in that he was always class. always up early, always moving, always up late, yeah, always planning. Yeah. Like in the movie, he did little things. Like he'd be like, "I drink less water, so I wouldn't have to go. To, I wouldn't go to the bathroom as much as everybody else." Yeah. So I spend more time. Yeah. Just, just like as dedicated as you yeah. can get to something. So that's like one success. What success is is like extremely hard work, determination, and yeah. just doing more than anybody else, and just not even, uh, you know, thinking twice about it. And then you know, it is a little bit of luck. Yeah, yeah he definitely had luck. He pulled up with the with the paint pants. Yeah, <laughs> take time. <laughs> Sprinted from his apartment to the meeting. Crazy. And you, yeah, you, you gotta have you gotta hope whoever you're gonna go see. Boy, it was so he was very lucky, but in that sense, like that part, he yeah his his, conf, was crazy. his confidence yeah. was he was on point. His confidence was better than anyone's. He really wanted it. Like I said, he made, look made them laugh. He was, a, he, yeah, he's just, he was just in the bag. <laughs> like I said, that quote, when you want something, the universe conspires and helps you mm-hmm. to achieve it. So they, you know, they knew he really wanted that shit, you know, so they, they figured it out yeah. for him. Yeah. <laughs> and then the, the final scene when they bring him in and then they tell him and he's, man, when he leaves and he's just walking I mean, yeah, through. He goes outside and he's, he's in the crowd. He stops. Puts his hands together, looks up, breaks down. That that final scene alone is why people should mm-hmm. follow their dreams. Yeah. Because, like, just that feeling of, euf- like, euphoria, euphoria and just knowing everything that you put into it. Paid off. Like, paid yeah, off. Came together. That's an addictive feeling. Like, I had that when I passed my test. Okay, so coming off of the um, the last scene of the movie, just uh, honestly, how he was trying to come up with money so they could like make it, like survive, like when they were in the train station mm-hmm. in the bathroom, and he like, it's, it's I guess it's nice that his son was young, so because he could kind of he could he work could, with them mentally, his imagination, yeah, yeah, dinosaurs, and, uh, yeah, let's go to the cave, yeah, that's one of the most heartbreaking. Yeah, that's scenes that, of any... that, for me that's the saddest scene in the movie. Yeah. Having to do that. And um 
because he's trying to be a good father. Yeah, and then in so many different ways in that scene. Yeah, and then pulling up to the um to that to the guy that was the, I don't know if it was a friend or a neighbor banging on you know the door downstairs. I need my money. And how much money was it? It was like it was ten dollars or something. It wasn't even that much, but it, he was at the, he was at the point to where it's like he needed yeah any any penny yeah just whatever he could and um but even even then you know he only went for what he felt like he deserved you know mm-hmm. he he never went out his way to like how do i say this to like tell people they like they need to like yeah he never provide or he never asked for money he only went to like places that he knew like that he knew he had like some type of funding yeah like or yeah. like i did something to her and I, so i know i i deserve this mm-hmm. like uh, when the hippie guy steals his <laughs> he's yeah, chasing but, him around but um and who know if, if he had like a better neighbor though imagine if it was like a super nice neighbor yeah and he pulled through was like you could stay here with me that's but, what he needed that's all he needed was just but man it's just you know you don't really get that these days you don't have like um some super nice neighbor that's like no, nor- that's normal. <laughs> there, it's so important to have a good neighbor. Yeah, I just got yeah. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta really uh, scope out a neighborhood mm-hmm. and and see who your neighbors are before you you know rent something or buy something. Yeah, uh, because even my guy right now, next door, he's pretty tough. <laughs> he so this is what he did. Uh, I was working inside and I was getting ready to go to a real estate closing. And Sydney was outside and she was taking the empty trash can back into the garage. Mm-hmm. Was going to open up the door, put it in there. Walks up to her and he goes, why are you doing this? She's like, what do you mean? And then uh, he said, why are you doing this and not not your lazy ass boyfriend in there? Tough. Man. And uh so she's like, What do you mean? I'm part of this house too. You know, I can help out. And he's like, Yeah, but as a woman you shouldn't be doing that. You should go inside and grab him and make him come out here and grab his own damn trash can. And she's like, He's really getting ready for work. Like he's like running late. Like he's like, Nope. And wasn't then, having it. <laughs> no, no. And then uh he said in in fifty five years <laughs> I have never seen a woman bring up a trash can in my life. <laughs> so obviously like if I'm not doing anything, okay, yeah, I can be the one to bring in the, the trash can. It was an empty trash can? Nope. I don't know, man. He said it wasn't even trash and it wasn't even heavy. No, it wasn't even trash in there. And she wanted to help me out. Cool. Uh and then the other thing was uh we took down the deck in the front, mm-hmm. and uh, apparently some mice got into his yard. So I had like a really bad night one night, and I woke up in the morning, and I was taking my dog out. He comes running in the yard, and he's like, he's like, hey, kid. He's like, I hate to break it to you, but there's mice in my yard. I said, okay. And he goes, yeah, well, you need to do something about it, because guess what? Now that you own a house, there's going to have to be some things that you start doing. Welcome to homeownership. And like, was like, welcome to homeownership. I'm like, man, what? 
<laughs> wait, wait, wait. I would not let it end right there. No, I didn't. I didn't. So then he added one more thing that he said, what you need to do is you need to go over to Lowe's. You need to grab yourself some little mouse poison. You need to put it in my yard. And you need to, you know, put out some poison so these mice don't get in my yard. Man, I just absolutely obliterated him. I said, I'm sick and tired of you coming to my damn yard. <laughs> I said, oh, I said, never come in my fucking, uh, I said, never come in my fucking property again. So I don't know why you think you could just tell me to do X, Y, and Z. I said, I'm not some little ass kid. I'm owning a house just like you on the same block. So leave me the fuck alone. And I walked inside. I felt bad. I really did. He's an older guy. Um, I'm trying to, I've been trying to control my temper for years. And I finally, <laughs> listen, I finally have figured it out. I really don't have a temper anymore. But that mixed with him coming to my yard, telling my girlfriend how to, you know, yeah, what kind of deadbeat I am or something. And I told her, I said, if he would have been any amount younger, like imagine a guy our age says that to you. Uh-huh. He's obviously trying to give with her. Man, I would have stuck him in the face. <laughs> but anywho, uh, my family growing up at like my my childhood home, mm-hmm. amazing neighbors. Everybody, we got um, my neighbor on the left side of my parents' house. <laughs> amazing, you know, she's helped us out with different things over the years. Across the street, same thing. Everywhere else, uh, but I can't say the same about when she grew up. So my mom tells me this story all the time about this family that, uh, so they lived about two hours away from from here, mm-hmm. my, where my mom grew up. And my my grandparents, <laughs> they were they were like really they loved to entertain and they were like partiers, you know. So in the sound like a great group of people. Yeah. So they lo- <laughs> they love to party. My grandparents love to party. So they grew up. Uh, or my mom grew up in this house where they were like the spot on the block, you know? So like my grandparents would have block parties every single weekend and all the neighbors would come over. All the kids knew my mom and my mom knew all the kids. So they'd all hang out and stuff like that. So there'd be these grand parties every single weekend, block parties. Uh, Everybody knew each other and everything. And uh, she said, everybody got along uh, and then they had a new neighbor move in across the street. And naturally, they invited them to the block party. Mm-hmm. So they invited them to the block party. And they I remember my mom said they showed up. Everything was normal. And then, you know, everybody went home and that was that. My mom said from that point forward, they were never normal again from when they invited them to the block party. Now, I don't know if it was the same day they moved in or a week after. Mm-hmm. But she said their whole attitude changed. They would teepee and egg my mom and my grandparents' house. They would uh, the so it was a mom, dad, and son. And mm-hmm. the son was like probably like high school, junior, mm-hmm. senior, and my mom was like a middle schooler. The son would follow my mom to school, saying all these different sexual remarks, like follow her in the truck and follow her best friend. Uh, then the the dad would chase my grandpa and grandma with a knife. Yeah, these people were ridiculous. They would do all these sorts of things. They would like uh, get get super drunk and start cursing at them, saying they're gonna kill them. Like all these just horrible things. Um, and then uh, the only time my grandma ever got revenge 
was when you know those dolls where you like well back then it was probably different they probably pull the thing you know the string on the back of their back i make it talk yeah make it talk and it said something like uh, i forgot what the doll was called but it was like something like feed me i'm hungry or like something like that so my grandma dialed his number and they used to have one of these you know the she dialed his number like at midnight or something like really late at night and then pulled the cord and would play that sound into the phone and he my mom said that that was the most mad i ever heard him he was like i know it's you i'm gonna kill you bitch i'm gonna go over there i'm gonna do all this stuff to you right and my grandma's laughing then they hang up the phone well that was the only time she ever got uh payback and then another time and this is like almost when they were about to move out of there he turned the exhaust on (laughs) he turned the he turned the um his car on Mm. with the garage closed or it was like half open or something and it just got super yeah and he he was passing out in there my grandma went in dragged him out saved him do you think they let up no they still they still kept going so eventually how this whole thing you know comes to fruition how it ends is he they ended up turning on all the water one day in the house mm-hmm. up until all the furniture and the utilities basically forced the front of the house to cave in from the water and the fridge microwave and everything was floating in the house and there was water just burst out the front of the house and the whole house caved in forward uh so then i thought that'd be the whole end of the story but what happened was was 20 years later oh damn yeah this is crazy is it gets so deep 20 years later uh my dad and mom met in the military they came back you know uh to the state that my mom lived in Mm -hmm. and um my dad worked at an apartment complex where he was like the maintenance he was telling me that they were going to evict somebody. And listen, this is 20 years later. And these two towns I'm talking about were two hours apart. It's crazy. Uh, and then my mom said, well, what was his name? Same exact name as the son of the dad, you know, that was chasing them with knives. They evicted him, right? Um, and I'm pretty sure he got in trouble with the law. Then about 20 years or maybe 15 years Later after that, or maybe 10, yeah. 10, no, 10 more. My parents oh, aren't, my parents aren't that old. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe like 10 more years after that, uh, there was a tornado, horrible tornado that ripped through an apple orchard in my hometown, whole bunch of houses. And in the paper, it said like the name of some of the families that lost their home. It was the same name. And this is five minutes away from my parents' house. Same name as the dad who was, you know, oh. yeah. What about your experience with neighbors? I don't really have, I'm, I never had a bad neighbor experience. We just kind of kept to ourselves. And if we did have, like, because I was all my, like, I, I, I was always too young to, like, mm. care to, you know, participate, communicate with other people. Plus, I was raised in the, if, if they knock and I'm not here, don't answer. Mm. So I was always raised to keep to myself. So, so you didn't really have a big relationship with them? No, my, my grandma was, was super, because I lived with my grandma and my mom and my dad when I was younger. And uh, she was she she talked to everybody. 
So mm-hmm. like I knew who they were, but they weren't they didn't, like they weren't they didn't mean anything Big part to me. Of your like, life, they didn't yeah. talk to me or it's just how your grandma doing? Oh, she's nice. <laughs> now I mean now from a doll standpoint, I'm sure because my grandma, you know, she would go out to ask them for things. So I knew they were nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they're nice neighbors. So I never had a bad neighbor experience ever. Yeah, that's good. So it wasn't like uh, you weren't saving them from garages and <laughs> <laughs> get up. That's <laughs> yeah. a traumatic ass experience. Oh. Can you imagine that? They're terrorizing you every single day, but yet you still save them. Crazy. It's just absurd. Yeah. Go left them in there. <laughs> you would have. <laughs> Look, what what's happening in there? <laughs> No, I wouldn't. Once that's the pod, if you, so no, now you're a murderer. <laughs> yeah, no, never mind. Let's not. Ask the pod. Let's not ask the pod. Kill that man. Yeah. Let's not ask the, do a poll. No. <laughs> yeah, do a poll. Would you? Would save you me? save your neighbor after they terrorize yeah. you for so long? I do. I do have a question for I you. Um, how excited do you get for album drops? Because in a sense. It's so left field, but I just needed to. Mm-hmm. How excited do you get for album drops? Because I feel like it doesn't feel the same as it used to, and maybe that's because I'm older and I have responsibilities now. Mm-hmm. Or is just is it not the same? I think now it's hitting harder for me than when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Because when I was younger, I just I didn't have access. I didn't have like a. I wasn't like. I just didn't have a lot of things like phones and all that. Mm. So now that I'm older and I have a, I'm paying more attention to it. So album drops do hit harder for me as an adult than I did when I was a kid. So yeah, it does. It, his music has always been like this, you know, super big thing for me too. So yeah. For for me, only certain artists hit. No, like I'm super excited for. Like uh, like when I heard Kendrick was dropping, obviously I was super stoked for that one. Uh, I'm hearing now that. Apparently Cardi, Playboy Cardi, mm-hmm. and Frank are supposed to drop an album I thought, soon. I thought it was supposed to be Uzi. With the, Uzi with the, too? The 19 uh, something. You see, like those kind of people is what I get yeah. excited for. But um, yeah, I would say like, great example, like the Forever Story, the J.I.D. drop, fire, love it. You see, that's interesting because I wasn't really, I like. I'm going to hear to me. I like, J.I.D., but, I like J.I.D., but then it's like. Every time I say that, I huh? think of Missing Around with Big Steppers. That's what I'm saying. That's I don't so know tough. if you can say those that. Are, those, the, those are the two that I got fighting it out. For you think album. so? For rap album. Yeah, I listened to Forever Story and Beautiful. But that's what I'm saying. Like, I wasn't even excited for a Jet album. And then you, you put me on, listen to it. Mm. <laughs> listen. Money, money, all I need, all I want. Yeah, that sounds yeah, crazy. crazy. Um, yeah. It, I just think it's different now. I see. Maybe my priorities not. But I, I'm getting, but I, I'm also getting more accepting of different type of musical sounds. Oh, so that I wouldn't usually listen to. So I'm just, I'm honestly, I'm just broadening, rather than restricting myself to sticking to what I know I like. So do you think you have more interest now as an adult, young adult, than you did earlier? Than, on? than when I was younger. Yeah. No, I think it's def, it's definitely less. Substantially less. Less now yeah. than when you were younger? Yeah, I was definitely, when I was younger, I was definitely more stuck on a sound. No, I mean more more interest just as a person. Like, do you think you're you're out there more doing different things? Oh, yeah, I definitely have more interest. Yeah. For sure. I'm definitely more open to, like, alternative 
you know, music and things like that. Yeah. Yeah, I um that's one of the things that changed with me is like I just think I used to be into a lot of things, uh, but now I'm just into different things growing up. You just kinda <laughs> you just kinda pivot. I'll knock you out. I'll slap the shit out of you. <laughs> I'll really slap the shit out of you on the pod. Go ahead, come on, come on. I'll, I'm I'll, done. Slap, I'm I'll done. slap you I'm so hard. Serious. I'll slap I'm you serious. so hard we switch glasses. I'll be, I'll be in midair. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of my inches whipping your ass. <laughs> you know what's crazy? I always talk about kicking his ass. Like I think I could. I know I can't kick his ass, but that's the funny part about it. It's hilarious. I just say it like extreme confidence. Yeah, I'll beat the shit out of you, Dante. And he laughs so hard because he knows I can't. <laughs> That's why it's all in good fun. And if I was actually a, if I was actually like a threat, then he wouldn't laugh so hard. No, I think I mean I wouldn't take it serious. <laughs> I'd never do. Yeah, but I think underlying reason we know why it's so funny. Yeah, because yeah, because sure. yeah. whatever you. Because it won't happen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's fine. <laughs> oh, that's the funny oh, shit. Gotta. We're gonna have to cut it pretty soon, though. Probably thinking like fifty-ish. Okay. All right. But yeah, super. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, actually, I forgot. (laughs) Yeah. But uh, I think we've hit almost everything. And do you have any New Year's resolutions or anything of that nature? A lot of people say let New Year's resolutions go. My question is just why. Let them go? What do you mean? Like don't, don't make them? They don't do them anymore. But my, my question is, do you feel like it's hindering you? And why? how could something hinder you that's like so, you know? Well, I don't. It comes from a positive place, so I can't so understand it. You got to look at it from. So one, you shouldn't look to only pivot when a new year comes around because that's stupid as shit. If you know something's, if you know something's <laughs> going. Stupid as shit. No, listen, if you know something's going wrong in June, don't wait till fucking 2023 to change that. I just think you should pivot. Uh, so I'm constantly pivoting through the year and like changing yeah. different things. And I'm constantly learning things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think it's important for me for New Year's resolutions to answer your question uh, to just take an overall pivot of like everything that I did the whole year. So mm-hmm. like I went in my journal and I wrote down like what did I do wrong? What did I do right? What do I want to do this year? And then when you look at it that way, uh, then I think it's important. Like some of my resolutions are more like uh, just about, like I said in the last pod, consistency this year. Doing pretty much the same things, just doing them more often.